In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Mass of Holy Tuesday and Holy Week it begins with the words of the introit. And always in the words of the introit, we are introduced to the theme, our focus for every Mass. And the words of the introit were this. It behooveth us to glory in the cross of Jesus Christ, in whom is our salvation, our life, our resurrection, by whom we were saved and obtained our freedom. It behooveth us. That means it is appropriate for us. It is beneficial for us to glory. When it says glory, it means this. It's beneficial for us to boast in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. To boast and rejoice in the cross and all that Christ accomplished in his finished work there. And so tonight when we hear the passion of our Lord Jesus Christ from the Gospel of St. Mark. Our reflection comes from only two verses. It's precisely what happened immediately after Christ gave up his spirit. We hear these words from the Gospel of St. Mark in chapter 15. And Jesus cried out with a loud voice and breathed his last. Then the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And this is our focus for tonight. Because there's great significance in the veil and it being torn immediately when Christ finishes his work. The significance is this, the veil of the temple, if you remember, it separated all humanity from the holy of holies in the temple. The very place where the Most High God dwelled among his people. The innermost chamber of the temple where the Ark of the Covenant was at rest. And the veil, if you can picture it, it was a three to four inch thick, beautiful tapestry that separated two rooms. <coughs> the holy place where in the holy place you had the altar of incense, you had the table of showbread, the, the menorah, the candle stand was in this room, and then you had the veil that separated that room from that most holy place where God dwelled. And only once a year would any human pass through that veil. And in that time, only one person was allowed to go in once a year, and that would be the high priest, and that would be on the Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur. The high priest that year would take the blood of the sacrificed animal and he would proceed into the Holy of Holies where he would offer incense and he would splatter the blood on the Ark of the Covenant. And when he was done with that, he would kneel before the Ark of the Covenant, kneeling before God himself in his presence, and he would become a mediator between God and all of his people Israel, pleading for the covering, let the blood that was shed here, let it cover my sins, let it cover the sins of my family, the high priest would pray, and let that blood cover the sins of all of your people, Israel. So the veil was the separation between man and God, and in that way, it was the physical manifestation or the physical representation of the results of the fall that man was separated from God. And what is the first thing that happens when Christ had finished his work upon the cross? 
that veil is torn in two. It's torn in two, top to bottom. If you can picture tearing a piece of paper as if by the hand of God. Because Jesus Christ had accomplished in his finished work the covering of the sins by his own sacrificial blood of all of mankind who had come to him just as the sacrifice on the Day of Atonement. And He would also become for us in that same instance the Passover, the Paschal Lamb, meaning He became by His sacrifice, by His bloodshed, He became our Deliverer. Our Deliverer from our great oppressor Satan, our Deliverer from death, and our Deliverer from Hades. The veil that separated mankind from God, from the, from the fall of man to that moment, was no more ripped in two. And tonight we glory in the finished work of Christ, in what he did, and what this shows us, that the veil has truly been torn by his work on the holy and life-giving cross. There are three considerations, three reflections that we should remember and rejoice in this evening. The first is this. Because of the veil torn into and done away with, the age of man's separation from God, the age of mankind's separation from God from the fall of man to that very moment was now done. It was over. Where only the high priest could be in the presence of God once a year. Now all of mankind can live and dwell and enjoy blessed fellowship with their heavenly father through Christ every moment of our lives. If we so choose to take advantage of that great gift offering. For the first time since the Garden of Eden, our lives are given grace divine power that by that divine fellowship with God we now have again for nothing separates us by that grace of the fellowship our lives can be absolutely transformed and changed into the likeness of God as it was supposed to be from the very beginning when Adam and Eve enjoyed such fellowship with God in the garden. And this is why St. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians in chapter 3 this verse. But we all, with unveiled faces, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into that same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of God. The age of separation between mankind and God is over. Because of the veil torn in two, by that divine fellowship that we have with God, we can be made whole again and become the true personhood of our creation that God made in the very beginning. The second reason to rejoice in glory in the cross that we'll think about tonight is this, that by the tearing and sunder of the, sunder of the veil, the gate to the divine mercy of God has been opened wide. I'll say it again. Before the veil was torn, the high priest on the Day of Atonement was the only one that could pass through. The only human that could go before God. And what would he plead? He would plead for his own, for God to have mercy upon his own soul, his family, and the entire nation. But now because of the ministry of our great high priest, Jesus Christ our God, every soul living, 
has the opportunity to go before the throne of the mercy of God, plead for the mercy that we so need, and have the blessed experience of it being poured out and lavished upon us by the love of God. There's a beautiful picture, in fact, all of Hebrews. In, in Hebrews, St. Paul paints the most wondrous pictures of this work of Christ as our great high priest and the mercy of God that it's afforded us. His role is that. I want to share with you a couple of snippets from a few chapters in Hebrews. The first is this. It tells us the role of Jesus as our great high priest. Hebrews chapter 9. But Christ came as high priest of the good things to come with the greater and more perfect tabernacle not made with hands that is not of this creation, not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood he entered the most holy place once and for all, having obtained eternal redemption. For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer, sprinkling the unclean, sanctifies for the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience? From dead works to serve the living God. Our Lord's sacrifice tore the veil and opened to us such a gift of mercy. And now from Hebrews 4, listen to his invitation to us to receive such mercy and how we should go before him. In Hebrews chapter 4, seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God. Let us hold fast and confess. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses. But was at all points tempted as we are and yet without sin. Let us, and here's the invitation, you need to hear this. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. That we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. When that veil was torn, the invitation of God, you come to me and you come to me quickly and you cry out for mercy and I will lavish it all over you. It's beautiful to see this and we rejoice in that. Finally, and this is a benefit I find that we don't too often consider. Have you ever thought about this? That the tearing of the veil from top to bottom was the establishment of the priesthood of all believers. Think about that. The tearing of the veil was the establishment of the priesthood of all believers. What was the old covenant? One man, the high priest, could go before God and intercede, take the role as mediator between God and man and pray for the covering of their sins. But now this is not the case. Our Lord Jesus Christ has taken that spot of the high priest eternal. And he stands before God with his own blood. But even further, our Lord Jesus Christ shares the divine ministry of priesthood with every one of the souls that are filled with him. For as St. Peter says, are we not called a holy priesthood? A royal priesthood. A priesthood set apart in Christ. This is what he says. 
My friends, we have the blessed role shared with us as priests in the kingdom of God, the veil now being torn in two. We have access to join in the blessed ministry of our great high priest and his kingdom of priests. What does that mean? As we become like him, we are taking on his heart. And when we pray before God, we join him in those intercessory prayers from his heart, from his perspective, prayers for one another, prayers for the lost. We cry out with the heart of God, joining Jesus in these intercessory prayers for those in dire need of mercy, that they would come to him, that they would respond to the invitation and experience the mercy of God with their own lives. And these prayers of the kingdom of priests, they are not empty. And my friends, they are filled with great divine power because we are praying the very will of God. We are praying the very prayers of the great high priest before God joining with him in that priesthood. Because the veil is torn in two, we are the priesthood under our Lord Jesus Christ, the great high priest. So for all of these three reasons that we talked about this evening, and for all of the literally countless other benefits that have come to us because of the finished work of our Lord Jesus Christ, I say again what began the Mass. It behooves us, benefits us, to glory and boast and rejoice in the cross of Jesus Christ, in whom is our salvation, our life, our resurrection, by whom we were saved and obtained our freedom. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.